Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... Odd. This is the... hand I'd rather shake. <laughs> Can you tell which is which by the smell alone? Um, and to to make it a bit more difficult, I wipe my ass with the other hand <laughs> that's not holding the shit to really throw you off the scent. This is terrible. This is some, some like ancient riddle. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, the yeah, best way for me to tell would be to sample the, the audio delights contained within each hand. Well, it's actually, And that will help me determine which is the shitty one and which is the, the golden hit. Well, it's actually a trick question, Dan, because... <laughs> full of ash. That's Ooh. right. <laughs> Today... <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about British posh rockers. <laughs> um, Ash, I guess like before before we go into our hits and shits for Ash, 
Um, what give me your give me your thoughts on the band? General thoughts. Go, just go. Just hit me with what you think about Ash. Not good. Um, <laughs> that was that was my unprepared response. As mm. if I was seeing a shrink, and you were just like, "Yeah, Ash, hit me." <laughs> um, never got into them. Yeah, I remember liking. There are some songs I like, and actually, randomly, uh, a few months ago over the summer, I was listening to Goldfinger just popped into my head and I was like, I really want to listen to that song yeah. about 10 times in a row. I do remember, I think, I think you liked 1977, the first album. Correct. I never even listened to it, I think, all the way through. Oh, really? I've never listened to an, a Nash album. What's I just remember about? a smattering of singles and some of them were okay and then some of them weren't so good. And I think I haven't really heard anything they've done for about 20 years. Although I know they're still going. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Ash. Okay. Yeah, I guess like, so Tim, what's his surname? Wheeler. Tim Wheeler, that's it. So I guess like, yeah, 1977, it was like post Nirvana and all this stuff. Tim Wheeler was a big Nirvana fan. He met Kurt Cobain or something. He's got... No. Yeah, he's got like, oh, he's got something signed by him or some of his clothes or something like that. Um and I remember in an interview he was saying, yeah, it was when he was wearing that like Freddy Krueger red and black like jumper thing that he had, yeah. that massive one. Um, yeah. Because it was obviously so like striking and one of his like symbolic kind of outfits or whatever. Um, yeah. Wearing, anyway, whatever. So Tim Wiener was really um, uh, influenced by Nirvana and you can kind of see it on that 1977 record, but um, in a sense of it's, it's got very, it's not... Um, dark or anything at all pretty much but it's very very poppy um very rocky and i genuinely really like that album just because it's got some really like ho- hooky poppy songs and that was kind of like fine so that was in i think it was 97 that it got released um and at that time no is it 95 i think it's a bit older than that 95 maybe 96 96 close in the middle and um yeah, and at the time it was like they were just like these boys, whatever, you know, all like young looking, whatever. And it's just like, okay, it's just some indie kids, whatever. Um, and yeah, I really like that first album. It's weird because like the secret track or whatever is someone puking. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, I just don't know if you've heard. And then like, and then they kind of went off on one a little bit. So that album, that, that first album, it's one of those albums where... Um, like it feels like every track off it was a single. Like okay. they released everything like on that um on that album as a single. And it's kind of fair enough because it's um you know it's pretty good. And then and then they did so if I'm right in thinking this, yeah, so ninety six was seven. Then in ninety eight, which for us felt like an absolute lifetime because that was yeah. um, uh they did nuclear sounds, which was starting to come, which is they changed their, um, they changed their logo, for instance, which had a bit more of a sixties kind of, um, I don't know, like that whole album covers like a bit sixties Brit pop or whatever. It's definitely very early nineties. And it looks really naff. Yeah. And then within two years, they've gone like late nineties and it looks a bit more like, you know, like hackers and prodigy and, 
Um, yeah. Uh, and they're trying to like, it's all like bright neon yellow and like new clear sounds. If you see what Yeah, just that title is terrible. Yeah, exactly. Awful. And the first one, I always remember the first track from that album was Jesus Says, and it had Tim Wheeler wearing basically like a sleeveless vest. And even at that time, it was one of those things which like some people would wear, like when you see like Dom from Fast and Furious or whatever wearing it. And it's like, and he still wears that. And you're just like, it's not cool. Like, unless you're like, unless you've got like big muscly arms or whatever. And even then it's a bit uncool. Unless you do that, you just like, and there's Tim Wheeler, who's this very um, thin, very insipid looking gentleman wearing this like uh, vest, sleeveless vest thing, trying to be basically sexy. And it's like, you are not sexy. And I always remember that video for Jesus Says, if you remember, it goes like around and around, like it's turning the whole time. And it just makes you sick, like watching. I remember at the time just going, (laughs) it makes me feel ill. Like I just wanted to stop. (laughs) <laughs> but it's just like, hey, it's crazy, it's crazy, keep going. Like four and a half yeah. minutes or whatever, keep going, keep going. And so, yeah, I dropped off. As soon as I heard that track and I saw what they'd done, I was like, yeah, I'm not listening to this. And I never really um, got back into it. So, yeah, they released Free All Angels after that, which was a little bit better. Um, it had like, yeah, Shining Light was like, oh, God, whatever. But it's like, okay, this feels a bit more um, back to how it was, a little bit. Burn Baby Burn again, it's quite... Poppy, but I actually quite liked Burn Baby Burn. And that was a yeah, single. Yeah, it's got a good hook. Something. Um, and there were some other bits and pieces. I was like, it's all right. It's okay. And then, uh, yeah, and then just after that, like, what was it? Intergalactic Sonic 7s? What's that? That's just a single collection, isn't it? Yeah, um, compilation. Compilation. Meltdown, never listened to. Twilight the Innocence, never listened to. Now they've gone like, they're just so like, about whatever's going on at that time, like in terms of their look and... <laughs> their logo and whatever. It's like, just do what you want to fucking do. Stop trying to like force yourself into something. And I've not listened to them since basically. Um, they released an album in 2017. So they're very much still, still going, still gigging and recording music. But like you say, I think the longer it went on, the more you can see that they don't really, they don't really have anything about them necessarily. Like it's it's nice sounding pop music that's then just sort of packaged and presented, you know, with whatever's kind of like going on at the time. Mm. And I always I always thought, but like Tim Wheeler, like, like you say, the sort of drippy looking guy. Yeah, very much. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I always thought there isn't really anything about him in terms of like being a an artist. Mm. Like he doesn't feel like he's got anything much to say. No, I think he's actually, and it sounds bad, but like just Posh Boy had a very nice upbringing. Like he's not like a troubled artist, had nothing to like worry about. I mean, I remember with, was it, it was 98 year when Nuclear Sounds, when they had like the woman or whatever, and they tried to like, you know, it's like, oh, they've got a sexy woman in it now. Look, they're all like a bit sexier and a bit more mature. It's like, yeah, whatever, like fucking hell. Um, I always remember as well, so I met um, Tim Wheeler as well when we when I was doing a whole bunch of stuff for him. Um, what was called the fly sessions and I was recording bands and whatever. And um, Tim Wheeler came on, he did a Christmas album with his girlfriend at the time. Okay. And they did a performance. It's all like acoustic Christmas songs, whatever. And they performed um, a whole bunch of them. And I was like, Oh, they're out of tune. Like he can't really sing. And then I, and after that, I remember listening back to it going like, yeah, these like songs are very easy to just, maybe it's part of the appeal. I don't know but he's not got like a great voice. So it doesn't feel like there's anything particularly behind it, but 
some of the songs I do really like. And it's that thing of like 1977, it felt like it was like three young kids just like, yeah. we're going to make like a rock record and see what's, and they just did it. And it felt, and it's all like stupid stuff, like about Jackie Chan and, um, oh, you know, Girl from Mars or whatever. It's all like these kind of like, they were, it's all a bit silly and that's fine back then. And when they start to take themselves like seriously, it's like, oh, fuck off. Um, it's a bit like, um, I mean, they hit the right nerve at the right time. And there were quite a lot of bands at that point, I think, that then fell into maybe the same uh, hole that they did. You know, I think mm-hmm. like Supergrass, who I, I really like. Yeah. But they struggled, I think, to redefine themselves, mm-hmm. didn't they? And, yeah. and by the end of the 90s, it's kind of like, not sure how relevant you are. No, In It For The um, Money was probably the last good thing. I don't know. There's been there's been some stuff as I, well, actually. But I like all of their stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just that it, they they didn't seem to have a place anymore. You yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's a bit like Ash and yeah, plenty of other bands that kind of came through at this point. Mm. It kind of started as like coming off the wave of, you know, Nirvana or grunge or whatever you want to say. Um, and then as that movement kind of progressed through more, you know, Brit rock, mm. but, you know, after Brit pop, yeah, a lot of them started to like fall off and just feel a bit directionless. Yeah. And I guess that's what happened happened with these guys. Yeah, I mean, I remember I saw them live at Reading once and it was just so boring. Just so, so boring. And I remember like, and this is going to, you know, how do I put it this way? Um, the It felt like the fan base was constantly like 12-year-old girls. As if like this was like an entry point to like rock or something. Yeah. It's like a really easy way to get into rock. Totally harmless band. Yeah, I don't know. Like nothing to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, well, before we get too down on Ash, mm. should we remind ourselves what you liked about them? Yeah, why not? Um, let's start with a hit. Let's start with my hit, um, which I think I think you'll you'll like it. It's um, off 1977, not really a surprise there. It's actually the first track. So I guess it's the very first Ash track. Okay. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And this is Lose Control. Enjoy. <laughs> liked it um much closer to obviously a sort of sound that i like but yeah like with um my goldfinger mm. which is like my only reference point i think for <laughs> the early yeah. stuff it's got like a bit more of like a bit uh, of dirt and grit in there i think and kind of a, reminded me a bit of dinosaur junior mm-hmm. i liked there was a lot of like guitar squall mm-hmm. towards the end especially during that like solo yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if I'd listened to this, I don't know why I wasn't listening to any of this stuff. I'd have really loved this back in the day. 
Yeah. Which is quite exciting. I mean, it was seen as a pop record. Like, it's not as if people are going, oh, have you heard this like rock band or whatever? It's like, it was still like, this is pop. Like, yeah. This is, and it was very much like, you know, people might think, oh, it's still, you know, it's not like pop. It's like pop these days wasn't pop back then. Like, this was poppy. <laughs> it was a yeah. poppy album. Um, but that first opening track I always, always really liked. And every time, whenever I go back to Ash Night 77, especially if I haven't listened to it for a while, and that um, put put it on, and that first track, I was like, "Fuck!" I always forget. Like, and I think what also I really like about it is that um, it's the verse as well, because it's got that it's that typical just going up, and that build up thing was very much of that time. Like when I think of like my vitriol or whatever, and bands like that, that was kind of like the norm. But then that little weird guitar bit, and it feels like the guitar's like slightly out of tune or something. It doesn't feel quite right. And he's singing yeah. along with it. And I just like the way it's got those like really poppy bits that kind of like, it feels like a hard rock almost, but then it's still got those and it's got that kind of weirdness to it. So there's kind of, I always feel like with that song, there's like a lot happening. And again, as I was saying to you before, the fact that they don't take themselves seriously, the fact it starts with like a Star Wars. Yeah. Know, I wondered what that was. Star Wars TIE Fighter sound. <laughs> Like straight uh, in is just like again, it's very much like we're geeky, we're like pop culture. Where this is just the shit that we like. We're just some kids. This is the kind of stuff. There's like an innocence behind it, which um, is quite nice, basically in its own way. That was the zeitgeist at the time, though, as well, wasn't it? There's a little bit of like an Adam and Joe thing going on. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Um, yeah. So there you go. There's my there's my hit. I'm surprised because. While I was listening to that, I flicked forward on their catalogue through Wikipedia. Mm. And they did work with the same producer. So I was thinking, this is kind of a different sound. And I was like, maybe they moved on, but no. Because definitely, I think, it starts to sound a bit more smoothed out Mm. later down the line. I guess that must have just been a conscious decision. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think, yeah, everything was getting a bit more... That's the thing is that they just went with the times and everything just got yeah. a bit more processed and produced and everything. Um, you know, it wasn't in utero days anymore or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, cool. And Dan, do you want to introduce us to your hit? Yeah, so I've gone with... Um, I was going to put Goldfinger and I thought that's a bit boring. Um, I've gone with a single that was released between 1977 and Nuclear Sounds which is a life less ordinary. And I believe this was the first song they recorded uh, with Charlotte Hathaway in the band. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's give it a listen. Oh, 
interesting for you to know that uh, for me, when I was picking my hit, it was a toss up between this and Lose Control. Ah. And um, the only reason Lose Control won is because I thought Dan's probably not heard this. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a good decision. But yeah, like A Life Less Ordinary for me, um, love it. Like it's it's a constant, it's consistently on like playlists that I've made. Oh, really? I, yeah, um, especially like, I don't know, like running ones or just general pop, not pop, just general shit I want to listen to in the car, whatever. Um, and it's always on there just because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like one, the music video was on constantly on MTV. Um, I can't remember was, that. Uh, do you know, it was them strapped to the top of minis and like just playing and they're strapped to the top mm. of these, um, these cars, but like with their knees, like knelt down, if that makes sense. So they're kind of like as if they're in a rock star pose kind of thing. Okay. They're all playing and they've got like, like drum kit, um, bass and all that stuff. And the cars are doing like this synchronized stuff. So it looks fucking, that looks fucking cool because obviously they're just mouthing the words. Yeah. Um, but it looked weird. It looked cool. And they've got like the wind rushing through them and all this stuff. So it's quite nice. Like, cause there's this like speed to it almost. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and she's, you've got the girl in it as well. What did you um, think about Charlotte and her contributions? Rash? Fine. Like she was there, like she's, she can sing, which is, Nice. I quite like the kind of because he's got quite of like a girly kind of voice. It's quite a weak voice. I think I was saying it's the same before. Yeah. Anyway, um, and her harmonies are actually quite nice, and it's nice to have that girl thing, and it really works for this song as well for many reasons. Because also remember, this was a track that was the title track for the film, which had Cameron Diaz and Ewan McGregor in. Yeah. It's called A Life Less Ordinary, which um, I want to say was it Baz Luhrmann directed it? No, I think it's Danny Boyle, isn't it? Maybe it is Danny Boyle. Um, I've never seen it. So it's one of those films that was like Cameron Diaz and both Hugh McGregor, to be honest, like they were kind of coming to like the height of their popularity. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, you're right, it was Danny Boyle. It was Danny Boyle. And it was like a very strange film. Um, it was very stylized. It's very, very like, yeah, very, very 1997 um and uh, yeah it's kind of trying to be a bit like true romance pulp fiction or whatever but still mm-hmm. a bit more like of a mainstream version and it was just this weird love story but it had a lot of like those danny boyle strange moments anyway so it it in the music video had clips of that film as well okay and it all just like fit together really nicely if that makes sense um and yeah it's just got a great chorus it sounds super lovely like super super sweet still a bit rocky yeah. And um, it's just a bit more, like we were saying how Tim Wheeler doesn't ha- doesn't feel like an artist or whatever. This feels like a bit more emotive yeah. than his other work. Um, I agree. So I can see why you chose it. It's a good choice. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in why you might have chosen it out of, out of the Ashton <laughs> that you chose. Because it was a bit of a surprise. So I was thinking, oh, one, I didn't think you knew this song. Two, I'm surprised that you might like it. So, um, Just for the reasons that you said, I think it's actually... It hasn't got the grit, but it works here, that smooth sound, because like you say, it's quite sort of like lush, sweet song, but it's still quite exciting. It's well crafted, I think. The chorus is excellent, mm. so catchy, and the harmony there is, is really nice. Mm. Um, it's just one of those songs that I kind of always had in the back of my head. It's like, oh, that's a good song, but I don't think I've listened to it in 20 years. Right. So when I listened to it, I was like instantly hooked again, and I've like had it in my 
my head the last few days as a constant kind of like earworm. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it, really. Um, I do remember seeing Charlotte once at a gig. Mm. And I do think she was checking me out. <laughs> so I've always had a soft spot for this, the Charlotte years as well. Probably thought you were going to attack her. Was that kind of <laughs> checking out, you mean? She was definitely, honestly, she was giving me a look. And this would have been, (laughs) this would have, (laughs) this would have been, this is what the, the London Astoria probably would have been like about 1999, I reckon. Okay. Probably seeing Idlewild. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah. And I've always wondered, always wondered what could have been, Mm. but I looked her up recently and I was like, she's not that good uh, looking really. So that's what you base it on. I dodged the bullet really. Yeah. Um, (laughs) She's only a few years older than us. Yeah. So, you know. It's true. What's her surname, Charlotte? Hathaly. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think she's actually gone on to do quite a lot of interesting stuff. She seems to have worked with um, Bat for Lashes. Okay. Um, done her own solo work. I think she yeah. left Ash because she'd recorded some solo stuff and then like spun out into a, with a solo career. Yeah, fair enough. So she's been busy. Talk about it. She's nice. She's fine. Leave um, her alone. God, Jesus. She's just shaming away from the shop. Um, so, and as well with that uh, song, I'm just, just thinking about it like, I really like that breakdown and then it kind of builds back up. It's, and every time it goes into that breakdown, I'm always like, like, oh yeah, I forgot about this bit. And then when it goes back into the chorus, I'm like, oh, actually, I really like it because it's just kind of pulled me away from the hook. <laughs> and it's just brought back the hook again. I'm like, oh yeah, the hook, that was great. Really love that. Um, you, took it, you took me away from it for a sec and I was like, yeah. now you brought it back and I, I love you all the more for it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was good. But yeah, I do think like, the fact that, you know, you know, take me in your arms again, all this stuff. And it's got those shots of you and McGregor and Cameron Diaz. And it did kind of remind me of the film and all this stuff. So weirdly, it's kind of like, I've kind of meshed it in my head with the film and yeah. like their kind of like love 
and all this. And it's kind of all like one big pile of emotion that's sitting in my back of my head as a pile of ash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, good choice. Good choice um, there. The other thing as well occurs to me, it kind of, it's got a blue album sound to it, mm. like a Weezer sound. Yeah. That I yeah, think, true, again, you know, every, every, yeah. yeah, I mean, everything, I mean, that's probably a, appropriate to the whole 1977 album as well. Mm. There's that blue album sound that I, I don't think they had it on the next album and it really no, suited them. Yeah, it's so weird. Like why they went in that direction. Well, it's not weird. It's a record company choice probably, I imagine. And I doubt they have the fucking backbone to have argued the case for it. Um, okay, well, let's move on to the, the shitter side of things, Dan. Oh, um, let's go into my hot steaming turd, which a lot of people like. But this is candy. was a, a so solid stall of a of a shit <laughs> yeah it really was uh, it was a single they released a proper single did a music video and everything for it i was just looking it reached number 20 in the uk singles chart hmm. um i didn't care for that um as soon as it hit i was like oh that like string sample over-processed, like, that is such a 2000s kind of sound. Mm. Um, that's a sample from the Walker Brothers, Make It Easy it? On Yourself. And they have yeah. just, like, they've just overused it to the point of exhaustion. Mm. It's like every bar, you hear it again. <laughs> because without it, there's no song. Yeah. Like, you can just tell, they're just like, there's total over-reliance on that. So so syrupy, this song. Candy, I mean, mm-hmm. more like molasses. <laughs> it's like uh, wading through treacle, like the sound of it is horrible. Yeah. Um, and then what I thought was really te- like telling was towards the end, in an attempt to try and like make this epic, they tack on this like random like bit of guitar soloing for an extra minute that just sounded so incongruous. Um, awful and and another bit that was awful right in the middle there's like a random uh, truck driver's gear shift it just like suddenly you know goes up a, a key yeah. and poor Tim Wheeler's voice isn't strong enough to handle it mm. he comes back in like singing a little bit higher and it's like so thin <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh poor tiny Tim you can do it <laughs> keep trying yeah it's a bit like it's just I remember like when I first when I first heard it, it was when I first saw it and I think it's on MTV, it must be on MTV two or whatever. Yeah. It's like what are they like, what are they doing? <laughs> what is this? Um and I think if I remember the music video is like in a hall and he's crooning or whatever and he's wearing some shitty suit or whatever. Um 
And yeah, same thing. It's just, I remember like hearing it and just thinking, God, it's like they've just sold their soul, basically. Um, and it's also like very much, I don't know, like I was thinking, if they'd have taken it in a more ironic, tongue-in-cheek way, which yeah. I think they were maybe hinting at, I'm not quite sure, but they weren't leaning enough into it, if that's the case, then I might have had a bit more like, I don't know, like respect or something for it than I do, which is just like, this is just some sappy kind of, like, what is it? Like, what are they doing? This isn't an Ash song, is it? Um, that's just weird. I just hate it. It's just wrong. And it's just one that it was, I think as well, like why I chose this was because I think I'd always kind of, I don't know, held out hope basically <laughs> that there was still like something there that, that maybe they could do. And then when I saw this, it's like, I think they've gone. They have to let go. <laughs> this is only their third album. <laughs> I didn't listen to it much after that's what I'm saying. <laughs> This was on, given, up, yeah. given up on them by that point already. This was on Free All Angels, two thousand and one. Jesus. So look, there's a little. But quote Burn Baby here. Burn was Burn Baby Burn was good. That, I think oh, yeah, I, don't know I when agree. That was released in the terms of candy. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, and the video for that was Burn Baby Burn was good as well. I think it was they were in a like Aren't they in a gym? gym or something, in, in yeah. a basketball court or something. That's right. Yeah, and there's. I can't remember if it's some cool camera effect or something's happening. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I think Candy might have been released after Burn Baby. I think Burn Baby Burn was the... That was the lead single, I remember. single, yeah, um, which makes sense. Um, um, there's a little quote here on Wikipedia. I just want to read you. Okay. Wheeler has said about the sample, it's on a song called Candy that we rewrote about four times because we couldn't get it right. Right. We tried some samples and that fitted perfectly. It lifted the song up and we danced around the studio for two days. So, yeah, sounds like they had trouble writing a song and then they were like, we need to get something like a sample in here to make something of it. <laughs> and they tried to fit anything they could think of and in the end they were like, yeah, that string part works. Oh, God. Let's just, let's just do it. Um, yeah, awful. That's such a shame. Well, then, let me, let's listen to your turd to finish yeah. this off with. I've really mined new territory to find this because, like I said, I just didn't know enough ash. Mm-hmm. So I actually went on a hunt. I consulted the internet for, like, bad ash songs. Right. And um, this, was, this was pretty uh, near the top of the list of stuff that came out. So um, it's a bit of a later track from their album, Meltdown in 2004. Mm-hmm. This is Starcrossed. <laughs> feel so just tell me like in context of this album what is what's happening with this album 
Is this atypical of that album? Did you listen to any more of it? Or is this, why, why this song of it? I just thought it was ridiculously sappy, showed no invention or no emotion really, no spark of anything. Mm. Um, I think this is the last album of Charlotte on it. Um, okay. But it's just so insipid, bloated, you know, attempt at like a big emotional, like epic ballad kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think lyrically he's trying to, retell the story of Romeo and Juliet like star-crossed lovers okay. which is just putrid um, and I listened to it I just thought this is just like a big pile of puke basically yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> fair enough yeah I um, felt the same kind of thing I wondered it, I thought I might have heard this before so I don't know if this was a single it was um, right okay yeah, that makes sense so um, it is just nothing basically it's just i've already forgotten it to be honest it's just so like white noise um almost yeah as you said totally insipid totally just blur and meh and whatever it's also very indicative of the kind of songs that were kind of going on at that time as well like especially when bands were trying to sound more mature yes um and they couldn't (laughs) And basically, yeah. they're kind of, uh, I don't know, like it's they're kind of grasping at straws with something like this. Um, and yeah, totally. I guess it's like, yeah, I mean, that chorus, um, it's like slightly melodic, maybe. Um, and that's, that's giving it like faint praise. Um, but yeah, it's just so nothing. You're so right. It, and I, I kind of think the same about Idlewild, you know, when they're like, oh, we want to mature. Mm. And it's never made. Yeah, but it's like by maturing, we're going to try and write. You know, Ash have done like a big power ballad. Idlewild would do these like big over emotive songs with like strings on. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it just you know, in both cases, they just exposed themselves because they weren't able to actually write anything. Mm-hmm. So it was all like yeah. pomp well, and fluff, and yeah. there's nothing in there. It's just a big empty marshmallow. Hollow marshmallow yeah. full of puke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we should do an Idlewild one because you and me were really into them. I think yeah. one of the bands that I've seen live the most. Maybe. Yeah, likewise. Um, yeah, and it's it's mad. So it's um, I understand completely what you're saying. The thing and the thing what made the Idlewild different from Ash say is that Idlewild basically like art rock. Like they all came from like an yeah. art college. Um, they were all very intelligent. Like Roddy Wimble had he's like everyone was calling him like the next Morrissey or whatever because there was an element like poetry to his yeah. lyrics, the way he sang, his songwriting, the way he was expressing himself, blah, 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 blah. It felt very raw and personal yeah. and all this stuff. Completely different to Tim Wheeler. But yeah, 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 yeah. that's why like when Idlewild made that change um, and what album was it? I can see the fucking cover. Um, oh. It's got like you held the world in your arms and all that on it. Or yeah. Um, and there's one track on it which is like, all right, maybe two um but you have the world in your arms was not that great but there was one track on it which i thought okay this is quite cool the rest of it again it's just like what are you doing why are you doing this like again it's like i don't know if it's a reaction to the label going like you have to do something different or you like you have to be more mainstream or do whatever but it's just like all that stuff like you know you can tell roddy wimble as well in fact roddy wimble wimble whatever um I don't know, like I was in 
two minds about like, does he want to take it in this direction or not? Because when they've heard like, I know he's done like loads of solo acoustic stuff and it's all a bit more, um, you know, uh, a bit more yeah, personal, I guess, and all this stuff. He tends to do Idlewild stuff from like the first two, three albums, whatever. Um, oh, really? Then any of the other stuff. I might be wrong. Mm. So there's part of me thinking like, well, yeah, maybe he felt the same way. <laughs> I don't know. I um, remember at the time thinking that he was part of that change. Okay. So I'm sure I remember a quote from him saying something about maturing. Um, and that was at the time Bob Fairfowl left the band, the bassist. Yeah, the bassist yeah. he, was a, he was quite popular, wasn't he? I think he didn't like the direction. So uh, he was out. Yeah, fair enough. Well, Because the, the main songwriter is the um, guitarist guy, I forget his name. Oh, yeah. I can't um, remember his name either. Yeah. And... And some of that still come, came through, um, but yeah, just that overly, maybe it's kind of fair enough. Like the thing is, like, especially with the Idlewild, it's like it comes to a point where they're these like scrappy kids doing scrappy music and we like that. And then maybe it's a case of just like, they're like, we can't do this forever. Like we're having kids or whatever and <laughs> stuff and getting older. Um, we can't pretend that we're like these like college rockers. Um, <sighs> they could have, they should have pretended. <laughs> But there's no, there's, I think that's it, right? Is that you, people mistake maturing, but basically people have an image of their head, like what is like maturing as a musician. And that doesn't necessarily mean making music for your dad or something like that. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's like, you can still do stuff that's different. Like, okay, like it's a bit of a bullshit excuse, but like Nirvana, um, when you go from like Bleach to Nevermind to Neutro, yeah. each time it's matured, doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's got, like worse or that it's a you know a um a dad rock or whatever now um they've they've matured in a sense if they've evolved um yeah it's it's progressed it's a progressive thing it shouldn't be something that you've got in your head you're like thinking right i have to use i have to use like a, a pop um producer or something because now we've got to hit the mainstream and now we're like we're grown up now we're in the we're in this properly yeah, you know, to go abide by the rules, and it's like, well, as soon as you've done that, you've lost because then you're not interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I do feel like that's. Like else? <laughs> so I feel like they replaced like the noisy stuff. Um, with like we're gonna have more of like a an acousticy, rounded, folky kind of sound, with softer songwriting. It's like, ugh. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's Idlewild. That's um, Ash. They, yeah. Uh, so that's it. The remote part was the album where it kind of started falling away a little bit. Yeah. Like album. I hated so that. A modern way of letting go. I was like, I quite like that. Didn't that listen. I was, I was a remote part. I didn't even buy it. I was so horrified by you held the world in your arms tonight. Yeah. I just instantly stone cold killed me dead as a fan. Yeah. Well, a modern American English is awful, but basically the first three tracks were the first three singles. God knows about the rest, but a modern way of letting go is the rocky one, um, which you might like. Hmm. It's basically the best song on that album. Let's not really say much. And then, yeah, they did. If you remember, warnings, promises in two thousand five. I did buy that as well. Love stills is from Linus, which is the first song on it. Is fine. Um, uh, right, but well, that's enough. Idlewild, Dan. Um, so, Ash, what would you? Any last words? What do you reckon? Ash, more like ashtray, full of old fag ends and detritus and 
fecal residue. Yes. As otherwise known as Tim Wheeler's brain. Um, <laughs> so thanks everyone for listening to this one. And uh, another hit and a shit coming to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 